here. For some of you, this is your first Sunday to be in our series of Hoopa Kuo. So look at your neighbor and kind of say that. Hoopa Kuo. Okay, do that one more time. Hoopa Kuo. Okay, now you can say, I know Greek. Okay? And so that's the Greek word, like in Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents. And the uh, literal meaning is really to hear, but to hear in a way where I place myself under what is heard in order to obey it. And so this is a series for those who have ears to hear. It's a series about how to listen to a sermon. And uh, the first spiritual skill that we taught in this series was expect God to speak to you. Uh, Who you expect to hear when you come to church determines how you listen. If you're coming to just hear me, that's going to determine how you listen. And you can turn me off and on and and there, there, there won't be any consequences, really. But if you come expecting to hear from God, you're going to listen in a different way. And there are consequences when we turn him on and off. The second spiritual skill, and this is what we're looking at last week and this week, is admit God knows better than you do. Admit God knows better than you do. Most of the time, our problem is not hearing God. It's agreeing with God once we heard him. And saying, as that famous 50s television show, Father knows best. You know, And again, when that's your earthly father, as we heard from Sasha, there's bad ones. Okay, And even the best of earthly fathers are still earthly and sinful, and they err. And sometimes they don't know best. But when it comes to our heavenly father... Our Father knows best. And the spiritual skill that we need to listen is to admit God knows better than we do. Now, notice what it says. When it comes to listening to a sermon, the best hearing aid is a humbled heart. The best hearing aid is a humbled heart. And last week, we looked at four types of people, four types of hearers, and they're represented here. They're represented every time God's Word is spoken. Four types of people who struggle to admit that God knows better than they do. And so I want you to identify how you struggle to admit that your Heavenly Father knows best when He speaks through a biblical sermon. So again, we're under the assumption that what you're hearing is biblical and it's from the Bible. And don't worry about that. We're not going to even assume that. Next week, spiritual skill, be a Berean. We're going to learn how to check what is being preached from the Bible. But for now, let's assume you're hearing a sermon. It's biblical. Therefore, God is speaking to you. How do you struggle? So take this uh, little evaluation. Are you a hard-hearted hearer? Uh, Hard-hearted hearers struggle to admit that God knows better than they do. During sermons, I think to myself that I can opt out of what is being said with no major consequences. With no major consequences. Can you get them? Lesson sheets. Um, And so, you know, does that happen always? Does that happen often? Does that happen sometimes? Is that rarely? Is that never? So go ahead, you know, kind of force yourself to think through this. Uh, Itching ear picker hoarder. An itching ear picker hoarder. Actually, you need a couple more. That's all the oh, oh, okay. Can someone give up? Give up. Somebody, there you go. You can share. Okay, there you go. Um, I view what is being preached as a buffet. I think I'm at hometown buffet when I come to church. And I pick and choose what to accept and reject from God's word. Is that always? Is that often? Is that sometimes? Is that rarely? Is that never? I'm an abounding grace abuser. When I listen to sermons, I think of grace as forgiveness for sin 
rather than the power to stop sinning and do what pleases God. In other words, oh, I, I know God says not to do that. I, I, I'm being convicted as the lesson is taught, the sermon is preached, but that's okay. We're under grace. I can blow that off because we're under grace. You know, God's not really, he, he's more into forgiving me than transforming me. And so I can, I can avoid that. That's an abounding grace abuser. And then am I a distracted do-gooder? Uh, I, I'm so busy, I, I'm busy doing my thing and thinking about how much others need what is being preached to hear what God is saying to me. Now, Sasha, I know you don't have any young people like that in, in, in your youth ministry, but that, but that can happen, right? Where you're just so busy, and that also comes, to, a distracted do-gooder is also someone who's so busy on Sundays they can't even come to church because I've got all these other good things that I'm, I need to be doing. But then when I come, my mind is racing, and I'm thinking, boy, you know, Sally Joe sure could use this. They ought to be here. And, and wow, I wish, oh, I, you know, I wish Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny over there is getting this because I know Pastor Bruce is speaking to him right now. And the whole thing is missed that God is speaking to who? Me, me. He's speaking to me. All right, so here's the question. Will you repent of failing to admit that God knows better than you do in these situations. Now, not all of these will apply, and yet all of them can apply at any certain time, right? We can be, certain topics come up, and we move from one to the other, and uh, certain times in our lives we become one or the other. But I think the temptation is, when we say we know better than God, it's for one of these four reasons. So, we need to repent of that. And we need to replace it, replace our spiritual deafness with a humbled heart. And so from last week's lesson, I want to challenge you. I hope you'll do a, one positive step. And if you, if you need help with that, then listen on. There's plenty of steps we're going to see this morning. Now, let me say this. There's four ways our Heavenly Father knows best. As I was thinking through this, this, this series, uh, it's amazing how everything moves out from this topic. Uh, those of you that are reading through the Bible in 90 days, I mean, it's, it's what the whole Old Testament, I'm, I'm convinced, is about. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Turn your Bible to 2 Timothy 3.16. There's four areas that our Father knows better than we do. And some of those areas we, we're accepted, accepting of, and some of them we're resistant to. And so, this isn't, we're not going to go deep on this. I just want you to see it because I think it's a crucial passage for this idea of my Father knows best in heaven. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16. One of the most, if not the most important passage on the Bible in the New Testament. It's a passage that tells us what God's Word wants to do in your life. And the first thing you see in that is... I'm going to read it from the message that's there in your notes. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed. So what that means is, every time you read the Bible, God is speaking. God is speaking. So the question is not whether God is speaking. The question is whether we are hearing, okay? And every time a preacher, teacher is preaching or teaching God's Word, God is speaking. It's breathed out. When I, when I speak, I feel my breath touching my hand. And when, when, you, when Scripture is being taught and Scripture is being read, 
then God is, is, is speaking forth. Now, notice, and useful one way or another. I like how Peterson paraphrased that. It's, it's God speaking, and it's useful one way or another. And then God presents four ways that it's useful. It's useful sometimes for showing us truth. It's useful other times for exposing our rebellion. Other times, it's correcting our mistakes. And fourthly and finally, it's training us to live God's way. And then Peterson paraphrases 2 Timothy 3.17, Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for tasks that God has for us. Now, I thought about that verse when, I, when my father knows best. He knows best in four different ways. And some of these ways we're very accepting of, and some of these ways we are very resistant to, all right? So let's look at the four of them. Number one, Father knows best when it comes to teaching us truth. When it comes to teaching us truth, He knows the right path for us to live. So when it comes to teaching us truth, He knows the right path. It'll reveal, uh, when, when God speaks to us, He wants to reveal how we get from where we are to get from where we are to get to where he wants us to be. That's the first way. Number two, Father knows best when it comes to exposing our rebellion. See, we, we like the first one. Yeah, tell us the big picture, God. But then when, he, when, when you get to the second way God, the Father, speaks to us, exposing my rebellion, well, wait a minute, I, that's for someone else. I, 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 don't know, I don't know if I like that. He knows better what is not the right path. Because as we walk on God's path, we get off of it, don't we? And so he tells us, here's the right path. But when we stray, and if we've strayed from God's path and we're here today, what is he doing today? He's exposing our rebellion. Thirdly, Father knows best when it comes to correcting our ways. It's one thing to get off the right path. You know what's hard... It, well, let me say it this way. It's easy to get off the right path. Would you agree? The hardest thing in the world is to get back once you've gotten off. It's the hardest thing in the world. And yet God wants to show us how to get back on the right path. That's what correcting means. Teaching is, here's the way to go. Rebuking or reproving is saying you're off that path. But, and a lot of people enjoy that aspect. You know, they're, they're twisted, but they enjoy rebuking and reproving. But God doesn't do rebuking and reproving without doing what? Correcting how to get back on that right path. That's how you know you're reproving in the right way, when you help the person you're reproving to get back on the right path, and you celebrate when they do. The fourth way that God speaks to us, Father knows best when it comes to training in righteousness. He knows how to stay on the right path. So there are four things that the Father is always doing when His Word is being preached. And those who are hupakuoing, those who are listening when God speaks, they're going to hear, I've, I hear God doing this to me all the time, all four of these ways. But some of us get spiritually deaf when it comes to reproof. Some of us want to wallow in our mistakes and we're spiritually deaf on, okay, I, I know you sin. Let's move on. Let's, let's confess. Let's get back on the right track. And then, of course, some of us, see, some of us live here. 
<laughs> okay? <laughs> Continually repeating, and we don't get trained or parented or discipled, spiritually discipled. You know, a large uh, part of your ministry, I'm sure, with these kids, fatherless children, Sasha and, and his team are going to paideia. They're going to parent them. They're going to spiritually parent, spiritually disciple. Here's the way, walk in it and avoid some of this. So I just threw that out there because I thought, wow, we, we have a tendency in American Christianity to think God only talks one way. And the way he's always talking is just encouraging. You know, keep at it. I love you. Keep at it. I love you. But that's not what good dads do. Good dads also discipline. They reprove. Good dads say, not only did you mess up, but here's how to get back right. And then good dads say, here's how to not do that again. And so are you hearing that when you come to church? When the word is being taught, are you hearing in those four ways? Now... Let me give you very quickly, there's four responses. That's how God speaks. He speaks by teaching the truth, exposing rebellion, correcting our ways, training in righteousness. But there's four responses in Scripture to the Father speaking to us. Four responses. And these are the same four responses to to sermons, uh, to teaching, to reading God's Word. Let me give you those quickly. And you can find them in Acts 17. Why Why don't you turn there? Acts 17, 32 through 34. Acts 17, 32 through 34. You can also find them in Peter's sermon at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. I think I've given you those references. Let's just look at the Acts 17. Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching to Jews. In Acts 17, he's preaching to the Athenians. Uh, of Greece to Gentiles. It doesn't matter what race you are, whether you're from Argentina or from the heartland of America, there are four responses when God speaks. And these are the four responses. Let's look at And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, here's the first response. What did some do? Some mocked. That's the first response. While others said, we will hear you again on this matter. That's the second response. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. That is the third response. And we're going to see there's a fourth related to it. So there you go in Scripture. I don't care where you go in Scripture. Here's the four responses. Let let me give them to you quickly. Response number one to those hearing the Father speak through a biblical sermon is rejection. Rejection by scoffers. They mock. He's crazy. Now, you say, now, we don't have people, you know, at, at uh, you know, pastors, they preach sermons, and then in American culture, they stand at the back, you shake Pastor Bruce's hand, and it's been called the glorification of the worm, because we say, oh, you know, it's so great, you know, and it's just, it's just us humble, you know, pastors, we're there. But no one comes by and criticizes the sermon. You know, nobody comes by there and says, man, that, you really tanked this morning. You know, or you know what? You're you're really going at that, but but I think you're crazy. I think that's nuts. But you know what? I wonder how many people do that in their heart when they walk out. Scripture says they do. Scripture says there's some who would hear a sermon on building a marriage and say, that's crazy. I'm still going to walk out. You know, some would say they would they would hear a sermon on living a pure life. And they're like, I'm not forsaking that sin. I'm just going to keep going in that direction. You know what you're, what we're doing when we do that? We're mocking. 
we're rejecting and we do that. All that's going on in our hearts at different times. Now, I just picked two areas out of, out of the blue. You can, I mean, God is speaking to all of us in all areas of our lives. And we would be surprised, you know, look at your neighbor and say, I'm surprised. Because you would be surprised what he's speaking to, to the person next to you. Because it would be an area of your life that, well, I got that under control. Well, you know, anybody, you know, do, do you get what I'm saying? He gets down to the nitty and the gritty. He gets down to the strangeness of our lives. And he starts speaking. And sometimes we can scoff, we can mock, we can, we can say, no way, I'm not doing that. So that's the first reaction. Second reaction is questions by seekers. I'll hear you again on this matter. Hey, every time the word is preached, uh, while we're aiming for the response of, yes, I obey and do that, the reality is it takes time. At least that's been my reality for me. I mean, my hard heart takes time to get softened. You know, my resistance takes time to get broken down. That's why I keep coming and putting myself under the Word of God because it's just like a, it's a hammer that keeps chiseling and it's that love that keeps softening. And so I'll, I'll hear you again on that. And we love, uh, you know, I think I can speak for uh, Bruce as well as myself. We love getting an email that says, hey, you know, I got a question about what you taught or I have a question about what you preach. I'm curious. Maybe, maybe that's right. I'll hear you again on that manner. Second response. Third response, conversion of sinners. Conversion of sinners. This is what happened here. Uh, Some joined them and believed. In Acts 2, some were cut to the heart and they said, what shall we do? That's a wonderful response to, to the Father speaking. The word is preached. We're cut to the heart and we go, Okay, I'm all on board on this, but what's the next step? How, how, do I, how do I turn from this? How do I implement this correction? How do I stay on that path? And then number four, the fourth response is conviction of saints. The conviction of the saints. We don't need to get saved. We just need to be convicted of certain areas and, get, and, and continue to live in that way. So that's basically the four responses. You either mock it, reject it, you question it and say, I want to learn more. Or you say, wow, that's right, and I need to change. And as an unbeliever, I need to get saved. As a believer, I need to repent of that sin and move in a direction of growth. The problem is we have ears to hear, but we do not hear. We do not listen, right? We have ears to hear. We're spiritually deaf. And so what we need is we need a hearing aid. Now, I got this. We got a man in our church that works with hearing aids. And so he got me this. There's your ear. Okay, you got every one of you got two of these, I hope. All right, check your neighbor. Make sure they got both. All right, hopefully they're cleaned out, ready to go. But sometimes, the older you get, you need a hearing aid, right? Or sometimes you're born with this. Well, the reality is we're all born spiritually deaf, and we need a divine hearing aid. Now, when I talked to Troy about this, uh, he kind of explained it this way, and if I get it wrong, you can blame me and not him. Uh, A hearing aid is a device that takes what's being said and it helps the ear that is deaf or growing hard of hearing to actually hear what's being said. It takes what's being said and helps the one who is receiving it to actually hear what's being said. Now, that's what this sermon series or this teaching lesson is all about. God is speaking through preaching and teaching 
And we have difficulty hearing. And so we need a hearing. Now, here's, let me give you just quickly four things a hearing aid does. And you're going to see what these, uh, what the divine hearing aid. First of all, this hearing aid amplifies sound. It takes what's being said and it makes it louder so that you can actually hear it. The second thing a hearing aid does is it clarifies the sound. It makes it clearer so you can actually understand it. It, it. it clarifies so that you can say, I not only hear it, but man, I hear it with clarity. Three, it eliminates background noise. And it, it, it drives down static and background noise so you can actually hear what is being said. And fourth, it improves quality of life. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had anybody in your family who's hard of hearing, but it's not a fun relationship to enter into. Huh? What'd you say? What? What? Never mind, he doesn't hear. And and what what happens when you don't hear in a relationship? Separation. Isolation. Guess what happens with God when you are hard of hearing with God? There's separation. You're like, you come to church and you go, I don't get it. I don't understand. I hear, but I don't understand. You know what we need? We need a divine hearing aid. God gives us three. Let's look at them. Three divine hearing aids to help us admit that the Father knows better than we do. And the first one's the most important. Number one, His Spirit in our hearts. His Spirit in our hearts. Just like you need a hearing aid in your ear, we need the Holy Spirit in our hearts in order to hear what God is saying here turn your bibles john 663 john 663 the spirit in our hearts wow without him we're tone deaf without him we're 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 deaf we're totally deaf listen to john 663 it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing you can have physical ears, you can have a physical hearing aid, and that's not going to help you hear God's Word, what He's saying to your heart. It may help you to hear what's being said, but listen, the, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So you can read this book, and if you're not born again, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, it's just going to be words on a page. It's, you might as well read Shakespeare. Well, I don't know, read, read anything because it's not going to make any more sense to you without the spirit because these words are spirit and they are life. Turn over to John, uh, turn uh, forward to John sixteen thirteen, John sixteen thirteen, And notice what it says about the Holy Spirit. John sixteen thirteen. Here's Jesus's promise. In the upper room, on the night before he goes to the cross, he's about to leave. However, he's going to give a helper, a comforter, a spiritual hearing aid. Because he's going to be gone now, and they're not going to be able to just ask him and hear him talking. He's going to be in heaven. He's going to be gone, and they're going to need spiritual hearing. And so here's what he says in John 16, 13. However, when he... The Spirit of Truth. Now, that's very important. The Holy Spirit. A lot of people say, God spoke to me. And my first question, I don't may not say it verbally, but when people tell me, God spoke to my heart, my first question is, did He really? Did He really? I'll wait to hear what He tells you to do. 
you know, God spoke to my heart, and, and, and I'm going to open up a Christian striptease club. Well, I don't care what you think. God didn't speak to your heart. That wasn't God. That was the other guy. Right? Okay, so when people say God spoke to my heart and told me this, I'm like, really? Tell me about it. And you know what I'm going to compare it to? What? The Bible, because he's the spirit of truth, and the truth is the word of God. And so I don't care what God tells me in my heart. If it isn't in the book, then it's not from God. And that's what we need. So he's the spirit of truth, but notice what he'll do in the rest of the verse. However, when he, the spirit of truth, will come, he will guide you into all truth. Well, where will he guide you to find that truth? Right here again. So the Spirit is always going to drive you to this book. The Spirit is always going to drive you to a biblical sermon, biblical teaching, and the Spirit is going to guide you to that biblical teaching and that biblical truth. Notice what it says, For he will not speak on his own authority, and whatever he hears, he will speak. Now look at that. The Holy Spirit isn't coming up with this stuff. He is doing what? Hoopa kuo. He's got his ear cocked to the Father and to the Son, and he never speaks anything that the Father or the Son wouldn't speak. And how do we know what the Father or Son are saying? They've already spoken. All Scripture is God-breathed. Makes sense? All right. But what I love is the Holy Spirit's not out there, man, I'm making up truth, you know, I'm, I'm God, I get to say what I want. He's modeling for us what we should be doing. I only speak that which God has spoken. And he hears. He's a a great hearing aid because he's got great hearing. All right, there's more passages there. Let me give you the the Spirit's role as a spiritual hearing aid. According to the Gospel of John, he does three things as a spiritual hearing aid. The Holy Spirit helps to reveal the truth to us. The Holy Spirit helps to reveal the truth to us. Turn back to John 14, 26. John 14, 26. He helps to reveal the truth so that we can hear with ears that actually hear, spiritual ears. John 14, 26. But the helper, do you need help with your spiritual hearing? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. So stop right there. He will teach you all things. We already read, He will guide you into all truth. So the first thing we need when we come to hear a sermon, we need to say, Lord, your Holy Spirit's revealing truth. Help me to hear it. Help me to see it. Number two, the Holy Spirit helps us to remember the truth revealed to us. Do we need that help? Remember the statistic from two weeks ago? It's like, I'm now calling, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember, Rick? No, you don't, because it wasn't part of the 25%. What do we say? As soon as we're done speaking or listening to someone, we lose 50% of what they said. So, you know, in about 10 minutes here, you're going to lose 50% of everything you just listened to. That's why we have notes. That's why you're to take notes. Okay. Then, eight hours, you lose 50% of what the 50% you retain. So you're down to 25%. Now... We need help remembering. Praise God, the Holy Spirit is here to do that. Notice what it says in John 14, 26. He will not only teach you or reveal you all things, but he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said. (laughs) Woohoo! 
Isn't that great? Okay, act like you you are excited about that, even if you're not, because because you ought to be. There you go, Rick, Rick. Yeah, you'll you'll forget what you were excited about here in a few minutes, but but the Holy Spirit will hopefully remind you of it. Number three, the Holy Spirit helps us to realign with the truth as it is revealed. He helps us to repent, in other words, to realign with the truth. John sixteen eight says, and when He comes, He will convict the world of sin. So He's going to reveal, help us reveal the right path he is going to help us to remember the path during the week as we're living and then he's going to help us get back on the right path that's all what the holy spirit does now what is our response what how should we respond to the spirit as a hearing aid because you know hearing aids have to be taken care of they have to be put in the batteries have to be kept up. So just because you got a hearing aid, hey, I got a hearing aid. And a lot of times people that need hearing aids, this is what they do. They say, why can't you hear me? Right? Isn't this right? Dar- Darla knows all about Darla, we need you to come in. Well, I should have had, here you're sitting there and you should be telling us all about this, right? Right? Oh, man, I just missed all, I missed a dozen illustrations as I look at you and I can just think. It's hard, it's hard having a relationship with people that can't hear, isn't it? I was talking about that earlier. It's hard, isn't it? Unless they... <coughs> Learn how to hear. Okay. But does hearing aids help people if they own them, if they don't put them in? Okay. If you're born again, Dara's parents are deaf, so I missed all that. Um, So just because you have the Holy Spirit in you doesn't mean you're availing yourself of his spiritual aid. So here's three things to do. Ask for the Spirit's help and conviction. Yes, I said conviction. Lord, I'm about to hear your word speak. I'm praying, speak to me and show me where I'm messed up. Show me where I'm off the path. Number two, follow the Spirit's leading through the preached word. Follow it. Listen, there's not a lack of preaching at this church and there's not a lack of how to implement it. The problem is whether we are following that which we have been taught. And then number three, rely on the Spirit's help to turn away from thinking and living, from our way of thinking and living to God's way. Rely on the Spirit's help. He's there as a divine hearing aid. I like that quote that I have in your notes. The lightning bolts from a Spirit-empowered preacher hit the lightning rods of a Spirit-illumined listener. So are you a divine lightning rod? Woohoo! Hit me! Hit me, God! Hit me, Pastor Bruce! Hit me, Pastor Chris! Get me! Give me the word of God. I'm a lightning. Just I'm going to draw it in. And you know what? When we're up here teaching and preaching, we know who the lightning rods are. Because they're engaged. They're connected. They're grimacing when it's hard. And they're, they're grinning when it's good. And, and, and they're just they're taking it in. Number two, the second spiritual aid is this. Not only his spirit in our hearts, but his grace for the humble. His grace for the humble. Now, there's two passages. I'm just going to read James. Turn to James chapter 4. His grace for the humble. This is probably the most spiritual, the most important passage for this truth. Father knows best. God, admit God knows better than you do because the only people that do that are people with humbled hearts. You say, I got a hard heart. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not doing it. I've heard it from a thousand people. I've heard it from God's men. I've heard it from the Word. I'm not doing it. What do I need? I need to be humble before the Lord. Notice what it says, James 4, 4 through 10. 
adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. But notice verse 5. Or do you think that Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? So there's, there's the Spirit trying to be that divine hearing aid saying, don't do this. Don't go that direction. Do this. Do, go in this direction. And, and he's, he, there's, there's a battle in there. So how do I resolve that? Verse 6. But he gives more what? Grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay, humble is this abstract word floating out there. You know, when you think you are, you're not. Okay, and then when you want to be, you're not sure how to do it. Okay, and so he gives us help in verse 7 through 10. Therefore, submit to God. Admit he knows better than you do. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Not much of that goes on in American Christianity. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Let me give you five simple ways to improve your hearing. Of God's word. Number one, submit to God and those God is using to speak his word. God gives grace to those that submit to him. Now, we've hit that in the first two lessons, so I will move on. Number two, resist the devil. As you're listening to a sermon, realize Satan is working against your divine hearing aids. Satan is trying to take that thing out of your ear. He's trying to throw static. And here's some of his ways. Excuse making. Well, I know that's true. But I can't do that. Blame shifting. Well, the reason I'm in this predicament is so-and-so. Yeah, but I'm speaking to you. Critical thinking. Oh, look at... I don't think I like Chris's green shirt this morning. Therefore, because I don't like that green shirt, I don't think I'm going to listen to him this morning. Because the more I think about his green shirt, I don't think I like Chris. So I'm just not going to listen. But wait a minute. Resist the schemes of the devil. Number three. Draw near to God in the preaching of His Word. Listen, if, if, if you have a hard time hearing God, then get under His Word and open His book. Number four, repent of any and all known sin before you listen to the Word. Here's the most amazing thing about James says this and Peter. Both these men who, who have key passages on God giving grace to the humble give contrary advice to conventional wisdom about hearing God's Word. We think, come dirty, hear the word, and get clean at the end of the message. You know what James and Peter says? They say, get clean, come hear the message, and you'll hear with clarity. You know what the best thing some of us could do? Is on Saturday night or early Sunday morning, get alone with God and let Him search our hearts and confess all the junk and all the bad thinking and all the bad things that happened in the week and come here with a joyous heart with nothing between me and God saying, Lord, I come to hear you. Number five, let your emotions match your conviction of sin. That's what he says. Turn your joy to mourning. Let your emotions match your conviction of sin. What I mean by that is take preaching seriously. Okay? Here. Sasha, you see this, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Whatever you say, man, that guy's excited up there. 
What's he? He's kind of yelling in my sleep. Okay, let your let your emotions match what God is saying to you. If you're being convicted, be sad about it. If you're being uh, uh, encouraged by God, then get excited about it. Finally, I threw this one in. Third hearing aid: His people in our homes. His people in our homes. So we got three divine hearing aids to help us admit that the Father knows best. The Spirit in our hearts. His grace. Okay, his grace to the humble. God gives more grace to those who do the five things that I just gave you. But the third is his people in our homes. Now, what do I mean by that? John uh, or Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, in our church, we have iLife groups, small groups, meeting homes, Sunday night. I'm telling you, that is a great place. That is a, a small group is a, is a divine hearing aid. Now, some of our group, Pastor Bruce's group, if you're in his group, they discuss his sermon in his group most of the time. If you're in my group, sometimes we discuss the class here because a lot of people in my, my group are in Kingdom Kids and Promise Kids. So they, to discuss the sermon that we didn't hear, wouldn't, you know, but we're almost all my groups in here. Uh, uh, Randy's group is going through the Gospel of John with a DVD study. I know uh, Kirk and Todd's group are studying just the, the book of Colossians. But here's the point. As you sit in these homes with these people in these small groups, they help, and boy, we, we got so many illustrations, don't we, Rick? We have some great illustrations in our class. We get lively debates and discussions going, and there's, I mean, there's tension. There's, there's, there's going back. I don't think that's what that says. Well, yeah, let's look at it again. And, man, we talked about sovereignty and the, the will of man one time, and I, I didn't know we ever get out of that. We you know that good time? And we talked about uh, women, role with men, and we got that. But through discussion, at the end of those groups, we're like, oh, that's what God's saying. And we hoopakuo as a group. We go, oh, we just need to come under what God says. This isn't about what I think. It isn't about what Chris thinks or Rick thinks or Jim thinks. It's about what God has said. And I'm just going to, as, as a group, it's easier to come under that teaching than just go home and try to sort that stuff out by yourself. Are you with me? Well, the Lord's given you these hearing aids. Let me... Uh, Read these words from A.E. Whitman and we'll be done. If you knew that there was one greater than yourself, who knows you better than you know yourself, and loves you better than you can love yourself, who can make you all you ought to be, steadier than your squally nature, able to save you from squandering your glorious life, who searches you beyond the standards of earth, one who gathered into himself all great and good things and causes, blending in his beauty all the enduring color of life, who could turn your dreams into visions and make real the things you hoped were true. And if that one had ever done one unmistakable thing to prove, even at the price of blood, his own blood, that you could come to him and having failed, come again. Would you not fall at his feet with the treasure of your years, your powers, service, and love? And is there not one such? And does he not call you? There is the Lord Jesus Christ.
but you've got to have ears to hear. And you've got to say, Father, you know best. Let's pray. Father, we need your help. We need your help to hear what you're saying to our hearts. It's so easy to reject. It's so easy to to criticize. It's so easy to deflect and to shift blame. But Father, when you speak to me, I know you're speaking to me. And I know there's only one right response to admit that you know better than I that I need to draw near to you, even when it's rebuke, to draw near because there's correction and forgiveness and there's instruction on how to get back on the right path. And so I pray for each of us here, Father, that though we are born spiritually deaf, your spirit has become the divine hearing aid. Your people are there to aid us when we are kind of trying to slip away. And Father... You give grace to the humble, but you resist. You declare war on the proud. We don't want that. We want more grace, the power and desire to do your will. And so, Lord, help us to hupakuo. Help us to admit, as we heard this sermon, this lesson, you know better than we do. As we go up to hear Pastor Bruce, you know better than we do. And, Lord, may may we apply that which we hear in Jesus' name.